0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Thrive, everybody. I'm so glad that you're all here. Um, So we are finishing up our series this week of the Book of Jonah, and once again, I have the awesome privilege of closing out a series. I guess I'm just special or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, okay, okay, that, that's great. Um, but if you've been following us along the last couple of weeks, you'd see the story of Jonah. You know, he ran from God, he was told to go to the city of Nineveh, goes the opposite direction, tries to go to the other side of the world, and he gets thrown overboard, swallowed by a great fish, thrown up on land goes to the shore, goes to the city, and with literally eight words, the whole nation of Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, turns and repents. Like, that's crazy. And you think that this would be a cause of great joy for a prophet of the Lord, right? Well, we'll see how Jonah actually feels. Um, And as I go through this tonight, um, you'll see I'll have observations, and then we'll have applications. So that's kind of the structure you'll uh, get used to here. But In verse 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Observation. Jonah is one bitter dude. That's just a part of him. You know, I can resonate with Jonah. You know, I get really displeased and angry a lot. For as long as I can remember even, like, being able to see, I've watched the sports franchise known as the Cleveland Browns. So, man, I can resonate with bitterness, with you know, a little bit of anger here and there, and also there's like people in Ohio that like root for the Steelers, like disgusting, honestly, and more recently the Bengals, and I am 100% calling you out, by the way, so um, bandwagon, but I feel like it's somewhat normal to be bitter about football or something like that. Maybe I'm weird, but that's somewhat normal to be bitter or angry about that or sports teams, but To be bitter about not ending the lives of more than 120,000 people, that's kind of out there, right? You should not be mad that not over 120,000 people were annihilated. That's not something okay to be mad about. And Jonah is here. Like, why would a prophet of God act this way? Why would he think this way? Why would he feel this way? He accomplished his mission. Could you imagine, like, finishing a task, like, you mow the lawn, and you're looking at it afterwards, and it's all great, and you did what you thought you are going to do, and just sit there angry. You're sitting there looking at it, and you're like, that's so stupid that I did what I was supposed to do, and the lines are all nice and everything. You're like, this is so dumb. That's Jonah right there. He's bitter that his mission was accomplished, but, I mean, he's actually bitter towards the people, but, um, so Jonah is the book that, Jonah is the person that this book was written about, but when, as we've been examining him closely, you can see that he's like almost the worst model of, that a Christian can be. In his heart, you know, in, in, his, in his actions, he's disobedient, he's bitter, and he's unloving. So the application is to be the exact opposite of that as a Christian, to be obedient, joyful, and loving. So is the application basic? Yeah. But definitely very much needed. In terms of obedience, in John it says, and this is Jesus speaking, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. And as someone who claims to follow Christ, you should be obeying his word, following after him. And how do we know how to obey him? We gotta be in the word. You gotta have your quiet time. You gotta be in prayer. So that's how we're gonna know how to obey him if we know what's in his word, what he wants us to do with our lives. And um, in, in this passage, there's a blessing with that. You can see that um, he, the Lord will come and make a home with you. Now, in terms of loving or joyful here, and I feel like this passage is like, if Jonah heard it, he'd probably be super convicted, honestly. So it's Luke 15:7. It says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one, only one sinner, who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need re- repentance. And this fits just so well, because Jonah's sitting there bitter over 120,000 people, more than that. We're not sure about the exact number, but it's more than 120,000 people. He's sitting there bitter. If 120,000 people get saved, like, I feel like that's, like, terms for, like, a magnificent, like, celebration, right? You should be going, like, crazy. Like, that's awesome. And in this passage, it talks about, like, only one, and they're throwing a party in heaven. Like, I couldn't imagine the party in heaven for over 120,000 people, am I right? But um, in terms of love, in Mark 12, 30-31, it says, uh, and this is Jesus speaking again, And you shall love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So love is part of the greatest commandment, right? To love God w- with everything— And to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jonah was definitely not falling after this with everything he had, because he definitely was not loving the Ninevites there. He was bitter towards them. And what's funny is Jonah's bitterness actually comes out in the text here. Let's just see what he says. So in in verses 2 to 4, it says. And he prayed to the Lord and said, "'O Lord, is this not what I had said "'when I was yet in my country? "'That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, "'for I knew that you are a gracious God "'and merciful, slow to anger "'and abounding in steadfast love "'and relenting from disaster. "'Therefore, now, O Lord, "'please take my life from me, "'for it is better for me to die than to live.' "'And the Lord said, "'Does it do you well to be angry?' So an observation from this text, Jonah is so bitter that he wants to die. That's where we're at now, guys. He's so bitter that he wants to die. So my claim in the the last observation really comes to light here through his words. He's actually angry at God for being who God is. Isn't that kind of like a foolish thing to be angry about, being angry at God for who he is and his characteristics? And the kind of ironic thing here, God asked him, does it do you well to be angry? Like, Jonah, you were literally mad over such a foolish thing. Like, literally all these people were just saved. You know, the whole city, like, was saved because they turned from their sins and turned to God. And, you know, an application with that is God is just a gracious Savior, guys. That has always been a part of the character of God. And with the people of Nineveh, they turned from their sins and God extended his grace to them because they repented and turned from their sins. And I wanted to share some other verses um, to kind of back this up. And in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it's always been in the character of God to offer grace to those people that are far from him. And, you know, even when you were separate, or maybe still separate right now from God's grace, he still loves you right where you are right now. And he sent his son to die for you, and he wants to meet you right where you are. He has covered all of our sin, and he loves us right where you are tonight, wherever you are. In Psalms 145.8, it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. And I, I just love that verse because it just speaks to the character of God and who he is. And it's kind of funny how Jonah even, you know, said some of those characteristics when he was so angry at God. And that's true to who God is. Um, in Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. You know, this verse in Titus is about Jesus. He was the grace of God who appeared. He came down as a man, you know, lived a perfect life. And he died for you, so that you could have a chance to turn to him. So, where do we go from here? Jonah, you know, he's still pretty bitter, and he still wants to die. But let's read the text. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord appointed a plant. Do you do well to be angry with the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? One word here. Bruh. Jonah you know, he goes and sits outside the city, and he's, he's like sitting under this booth, not Taylor booth. Like he makes this booth, and it's like basically you put a bunch of twigs together, there's shade, the whole nine. Um, and he's just sitting there, and he's waiting of you know, 40-day mark. You know, he prophesied 40 days, and uh, Nineveh will be overturned. So he's sitting there. I can just imagine him at like a little kid, <laughs> right here, just like staring at the city, staring it down, just like bitterness in his heart. Like, I just really don't get Jonah. Like, dude, you, you were in the belly of a whale, and somehow you were saved from that. And like, why would it not be in the character of God to still save people? Like, you know how much God's brought you through and how much he's taken you through. Why would he not save other people? But he has so much bitterness in, in, in his heart that he's blinded to this fact. Um, but in the midst of all this, God allows a plant to grow up to shade Jonah. So overnight, there's just this plant that grows up, and it shades him. Probably a good plant. Um, And Jonah really likes this plant. I mean, if I was in the hot sun and it shaded me, I would probably like the plant too. Um, but it's, it says in the text that God appoints this worm, you know, a little wormy. It, like, comes out, and it's, like, it, it goes and eats the plant, and it withers. Now, I don't know what this worm would look like, okay? But I don't know if it looked like a snake, but it probably was a pretty substantial worm to be able to just, you know, knock down a plant and eat it and everything. But um, definitely could pack a punch. Wouldn't want to meet this worm in real life. I don't know. But... Uh, <clears throat> God sends a scorching east wind, and Jonah is like, he's lost his shade, and he's sweating, you know, he's, and I could understand being a little cranky in the heat, you know. I've been out of the heat before. I'm a big dude. I sweat a lot, so I could feel the crankiness coming off him here, um, and once again, Jonah asked for death. That's just what he's doing, right? He's just, I want to die. The exact quote is it is better for me to die than to live. And I don't know, this is, I can't help but thinking, you know when Paul, you know, he talks about uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I don't think that's where Jonah's headspace was. <laughs> like, you know, Paul, Paul was always on missions, and he was on mission, like, he would go to people, read God's word, get stoned, put in jail, all these things. And when he was talking about it, he would be, go, go to live with Jesus, But, you know, Jonah's just like, I want to be dead because I'm so angry. You know, like, this dude has some bitterness in his heart. I can count three times in this story to this point where Jonah has asked for death. Sorry about all the death, guys. I'm just like, I guess I'm on that. But, so, one time in the boat, he has to be thrown overboard. And two times we just mentioned, so, you know, he's still bitter and still wants to die. That was that observation there. Dude just didn't like life, I guess. But We see God asks Jonah Does it do you well to be angry for the plant? You know, Jonah is so stubborn he, Again, I'm getting the picture again He's like a little kid He answers, yes I do well to be angry Angry enough to die That's where we're at Like, he, he really doesn't get it Not at all And God was actually using this plant to teach Jonah a lesson. I don't know if you guys picked that up, an object lesson. So if Jonah was so justified in being upset for, you know, the plant and the shade that he was provided, why would God not be justified in caring for people that actually have eternity? You know, that have—they're eternal beings where they, their fate could have been in hell. Why would God not be justified in caring for those people? And the funny thing here, well, irony, I guess, um, God adds this touch of irony, and I'm sure people that work at Dumas would appreciate this. And there's also much cattle in the city, Jonah. I mean, come on, Jonah, there'd be good steak and milk that'd go to waste. Like, you at least gotta care for that, right? <laughs> like, I would be kind of mad if a good steak went to waste. If you're a vegan in here, I'm sorry, but, I mean, that's just how I feel. But, um, and one thing that I'm certain, though, is that I'm glad that Jonah is not the judge of these people, it, whether they live or die, and I'm glad that he's not the judge of my fate. Um, I'm glad that I'm not the judge either, I'd probably make up some punishment for Steelers fans or something, I don't know, you know, if I was a judge. I'm also glad that you guys aren't judges because we have a lot of bitterness in our hearts too at times. Um, and. I am just glad that God is a supreme judge because he extends so much grace to everyone and he is, he's lavished, you know, just lavished so much grace on us by sending his son to die for us. But more to the Ninevites, you know, he, he could have destroyed the city. You know, he is a supreme judge. He could have destroyed the city, but he relented because, you know, they were, repented of their sins. Now, this... Judgment of death and destruction has fallen on everybody, though, because of sin. And something I want to say to you guys is, I mean, if you're not a Christian in this room, like, hell is very real. It's a real place. And there is a way out of that, though. Um, If you turn to God, like these people did, and relent of your sin, confess your sin with your mouth, or confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're going to be saved. He, you will be turned away from this destruction, like the Ninevite people were. Now I wanted to do some takeaways from Jonah as a whole. Now it might sound repetitive if you've been the last couple weeks, but let's be honest, you guys probably forget something the next week after it's talked, probably the night of, honestly, but some takeaways from Jonah as a whole here, obeying God is going to save you from a lot of heartache. Now Jonah, in terms of Jonah, will tell you what I mean from this. So. Jonah, if he would have just obeyed God in the first place, he wouldn't have had to go over the sea, deal with those, you know, mariners, literally had to spend three days in a great fish, right? So, that would have saved him from a lot of heartache and troubling things he had to deal with. Now, for you and for me, when we follow God, it saves you from a lot of heartache in your own life. Now, you might be like, okay, so we just follow the rules, but A lot of the things God says is for your own good. You know, choosing to go God's way instead of our own way will actually just save us from a lot of the pain inside in this life. Um, Another big takeaway from Jonah as a whole is God wants to use broken people to reach other broken people. And this is true because Jonah, we can, as we can tell, he's almost the model of a worst like a Christian can get. You know, he's, he's a bitter dude, and God used him to save more than 120,000 people. And I know he wants to do the same with you and me. If he can use Jonah, why can't he use you a part of his plan? Lastly, God extends his grace to all. You know, the verse that everyone knows, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loves everyone, and He sent His Son to die for everyone. Um, And that means you too. I don't care where you are in this room, if you are unsaved, if you, wherever you line politically, anything. God extends his grace to you, even to Steelers fans, believe it or not. Like, extends it to Steelers fans as well. But, and here's the thing, guys. I would love to talk to you. I know there's people here that would love to talk to you. But, you know, don't don't leave here without knowing how to follow after him. Because I know in my life, I don't know where I'd be without him in my life. So let's close in prayer, and we'll get out of here. Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. I just want to thank you for everything you give us, Lord. Lord, I would just pray that the Christians in this room would be loving and obedient and joyful, that they would just fall after you with everything they got and show your love to others, Lord. I pray that if there is someone in this room that doesn't know you, Lord, that they would turn to you and just run after you with everything they got, Lord. Lord, I pray that everyone is safe tonight and on their way home, and just thank you for everything you give us in your son's holy name. Amen. You know I got to do it. Good night and thrive.